Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thank you for joining us for Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Jessica Dolmel, sitting in for Carrie Martin. We're part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State, and we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle all the way down to the Rio Grande Valley. After a one-year absence due to COVID, the Hipple County Beef Conference is coming back with a bang. Ticket sales have been huge, but there's still some available. I'm James Hunt, and I'll bring you that story on Texas Ag Today. The latest on Farm Animal Liability Act expansion legislation from the state legislature. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. From West Texas, I'm Eddie Griffiths. We will talk about the wheat crop in West Texas and still keeping our eye out of the sky for more moisture. We'll have those stories, news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets coming up. There's new help out there for Texas farmers who are interested in growing hemp. Tiffany Dow-Lashmet, Agriculture Law Specialist for the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, says she and Extension Economists put together the video series to address key areas of interest. It's everything from economic considerations like what does a hemp budget look like, right? What tools are out there? How can I do a budget? What does current pricing look like? What markets are available for hemp? Uh, What crop insurance options do we have here in Texas? And then we also look at the legal issues. So that's going to be things like contracting. What do I need to look for in a hemp contract? What do I need to be aware of? What regulations exist? I mean, if you've looked at growing hemp at all, the amount of regulations that there are, the different rules, the paperwork you're subject to can be pretty overwhelming. And so we really try to kind of break that down in a way that lets people make an informed decision about whether this is a crop that they want to look into growing. The Economic and Legal Considerations for Hemp Production in Texas video series is available on YouTube. You can also find the links on today.agrilife.org and on Dawa Lashmet's Texas Agriculture Law Blog. The best way to find that website is simply by searching Texas Agriculture Law Blog. Strong demand is fueling higher beef prices as we enter the spring months, according to Dr. Daryl Peel, livestock market economist for Oklahoma State University. If you look at across all the beans, beef, pork, and poultry prices are all at the wholesale level running very strong. And so I think, you know, demand in general is going strong. Obviously, we got another round of stimulus payments. That's helping, no doubt. Demand side is definitely helping to pull uh, these cattle markets ahead a little bit. And Peel says grilling season is kicking off, and that should boost grocery retail demand. We're really setting up the seasonal demand that's associated with grilling season. A lot of that wholesale buying is going to take place in April and early May, getting ready for Memorial Day weekend. So a combination of both the retail grocery demand as well as continued progress on the food service side is really helping to support wholesale meat markets. I'm Carrie Martin on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. After COVID forced the cancellation of the original event last year, and the rescheduled event in September, the Hempel County Beef Conference is back on track. James Hunt joins us from Amarillo. The Texas A&M AgriLife Hempel County Beef Conference is April 27th and 28th in Canadian. 
Extension agent Andy Holloway says approximately 600 people have already registered. I really fully expect it to be a sold out event. So if you're holding back, it's time now to get your tickets. Which you can do by calling the Hippel County Extension Office or by registering online at a special website created for the event. Holloway says the conference offers what amounts to a continuing education opportunity for beef cattle producers, but the audience is actually pretty diverse. Farmers with cows, ranchers with cows, stocker cattle operators. We've even got some of the dairies around the Panhandle and region here that are coming that breed their dairy cows to beef bulls. Those attending will get to hear from a wide range of speakers on everything from cattle marketing to animal health to genetics, along with inspirational speakers, including former Trump press secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders. There will also be a trade show with more than 70 vendors on hand. To learn more about the conference, you can go to that event website I mentioned. The site can be found by using the search words Hempel County Beef Conference 2021. Now, before we close, here's some quick advice for area wheat farmers about weed control from AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell. Some of the wheat in area fields is still at the jointing stage. Some is already at flag leaf. So before you go after those weeds, know what stage your crop is at and read the herbicide's label because, Dr. Bell says, some herbicides for wheat are stage-specific. And applying the wrong herbicide at the wrong time can result in significant crop injury and yield loss. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas legislature recently took action on farm animal liability legislation. Tom Nicoletti has the story. We go to Austin today, and Charlie Leal is my guest. He is Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director and Charlie, farmers and ranchers uh, looking uh, closely at uh, what's happening there in Austin on the expansion of the Farm Animal Liability Act and uh, fill us in on the, the action taken by the full house on this particular legislation. We've seen some progress on HB 365, and that's by Representative Andrew Murr out of Junction. That's the Farm Animal Liability Act expansion. On April 1st, that passed out of the, the full house with a vote of 147 to 0. Now it'll go over to the Senate side, and it'll be taken up by the sponsor on that side, and that's Senator Drew Springer out of Munster. So hopefully what we saw on the House side, we'll see on the Senate side, and this will be possibly one of the first bills that, that is important to those in ag that makes it to the governor's desk. And this seeks to expand coverage for farmers, ranchers, and employees on farms and ranches uh, from uh, the inherent risk of livestock that uh, could possibly cause uh, any type of injury. Correct. The current statute recognizes that risk at public events, agritourism events, livestock shows, rodeos. What we're trying to do is expand that liability protection for farmers and ranchers. Uh, you know, these are the same animals uh, no matter where they are at. Uh, whether that a public event or if they're on your pasture. You want to talk about two other bills uh, in the legislature, uh, sunset bills regarding uh, the Texas Animal Health Commission and Texas Department of Agriculture. Yes, so Senate Bill 705, and that's the Texas Animal Health Commission sunset bill. So that bill was voted uh, out of the Senate and over uh, to the House side with a, a vote of 30 to 0. Uh, and then it goes over to the House side now and it will be uh, taken up by... Uh, Representative John Syria at a Lockhart. Senate Bill 705 is authored by Senator Eddie Lucio out of South Texas. That sunset bill is obviously important to, to those of us in, in agriculture, and we should see that go through pretty easily. And what about the sunset bill for uh, TDA? 
Yes, Senate Bill 703, and that's authored by Senator Don Buckingham. That passed out of the Senate Water, Ag, and Rural Affairs Committee on April 13th, 8 to 0. So a very positive reception. We anticipate it'll be on the Senate floor within the next week or so. And once it's passed there, we don't anticipate there'll be any issues. But once it's passed on the Senate floor, it'll go over to the House and be taken up by Representative Terry Canales at Edinburgh. Uh, He'll be the House sponsor. That update from the Texas legislature from Charlie Liao. He is Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director in Austin. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The West Texas wheat crop is progressing. Eddie Griffiths joins us with an update. Well, the last batch of moisture we received in West Texas has been beneficial, especially to the wheat crop in West Texas. Starting to see some silage being cut here in the panhandle. Also, the crop that's going to grain is starting to head out and hopefully we will receive some more moisture in the next few days or next few weeks to go ahead and finish that crop out. It looked pretty bleak as far as the wheat crop was concerned. Here just a month ago as moisture was slim and it's still pretty slim but hopefully we can get more rainfall and help build this profile up especially for planting. Feed in the area is getting real short so all the moisture we can get to try to help build this feed supply for livestock would sure help. As we get ready start planting corn, sorghum, and cotton are still getting fields ready. A lot of spring weeds emerging at this time. Lots of spraying going on in the area and cultivation. Try to get this ground under control as we get ready to put this 2021 crop into the ground. Overall, the winds have died down just a little bit. We've been staying away from those 50, 60 mile per hour winds, which zap that moisture out of the ground pretty quick. So going to keep our fingers crossed and hopefully here in the next few days or the next week or so we will see some moisture come into the area as planters start rolling trying to get corn into the ground. From West Texas, I'm Eddie Griffiths. Climate change, rural broadband, and civil rights were among the key topics as the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack testified before the House Appropriations Ag Subcommittee this month. Top Ag Appropriations Republican Kay Granger of Texas wanted to know from Vilsack why billions in USDA broadband dollars that the panel approved in recent years hasn't been spent yet. I would expect and anticipate you're going to see the distribution of those resources in the very near future. Uh, Now that we have sort of simplified and clarified uh, the rules uh, under which the program is going to operate. Vilsack says climate change and making sure upload and download speeds are increased in a way that makes sense with today's needs are part of the Biden infrastructure and budget plans. The American Jobs Plan has resources for the climate smart agriculture, bio-based manufacturing, clean energy conversion. This budget also contains resources consistent with that vision of taking full opportunity of climate, uh, increase in the climate hubs, opportunities for rural utilities to convert to clean energy, a, a civilian climate core, uh, increased research in climate. Vilsack also stressed anti-poverty efforts, farm productivity and resiliency amid the pandemic, and fighting food and nutritional insecurity, but was most excited about advancing his vision that climate smart ag will be the key idea to completely change the economy in rural America. TxDOT is working to increase monarch butterfly habitat in Texas. We'll have that story coming up. A temporary blood calcium deficiency can cause cattle to be unable to get up. 
Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on milk fever coming up next right here on Texas Ag Today. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Milk fever can cause problems in both beef and dairy cattle. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd joins us with more. I am sure most of you have heard the term milk fever, and this condition is misnamed because most affected cattle do not have a fever. The disease is also called parturient paresis, and is very common in dairy cattle, but does occur in beef cattle as well. The syndrome usually occurs just after calving, as milk fever is due to low blood calcium, and the syndrome occurs due to decreased calcium in the diet and the inability of the cow to mobilize enough calcium from the bones to meet the demands of high milk production. Most of the signs occur within 72 hours of calving, and these cows usually have enough calcium in their bodies, but their bodies cannot absorb and mobilize all the available calcium. Diets high in calcium actually increase the chance of milk fever, and although this seems counterintuitive, giving calcium before calving decreases the ability of the cow's body to absorb calcium and mobilize stored calcium. On the other hand, if the amount of calcium fed prior to calving is low, the cow's body is geared up to increase blood calcium and keep the level in the normal range when the calf is born and milk production increases. Cows with milk fever have decreased gut sounds, decreased appetite, and are usually found down on the ground. This condition differs from grass tetany, as grass tetany causes hyperexcitability, muscle twitching, while cows with milk fever are very calm and sedate. Generally, milk fever responds well with an intravenous calcium injection, allowing these cows to stand, and then oral calcium can be used as further treatment. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. More than a million acres of land in Texas are now enrolled in a program designed to encourage monarch butterfly conservation. According to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the Texas Department of Transportation enrolled 1.238 million acres of land consisting of 73,038 center lane miles of highways and interstates in the historic nationwide Monarch Butterfly Candidate Conservation Agreement for Energy and Transportation Lands. Fish and Wildlife says the program encourages transportation and energy partners like TxDOT to participate and encourage monarch conservation by providing and maintaining habitat on the rights-of-way and associated lands. The department will continue their general operations, vegetation management, and maintenance activities in the rights-of-way and will seed and plant nectar-producing wildflower seed mixes to restore and create habitats for monarchs. The department will be conducting brush control to promote roadway safety and pollinator habitat, conducting conservation mowing to enhance floral resource habitat, and applying herbicides to control undesirable vegetation and restore native or desired plant communities. 
James Stevenson, Tech Stop Maintenance Division Director, said the rights-of-way are an excellent habitat for wildlife. He said TechStop fully supports milkweed growth on the rights-of-way. Milkweed is the host plant for monarch butterflies. Without it, the butterfly larvae are not able to fully develop into a butterfly. FWS says Texas plays an important role in the monarch butterfly's migration. They visit the state each fall and spring as they pass through to their breeding grounds in the north and their overwintering areas in Mexico. Cotton and cattle traded lower for much of the day Friday. Milk was trading higher. We'll take a look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Do you know what to do if you're stuck on the railroad crossing? Get out of your vehicle. If a train is not approaching, find the blue and white emergency notification system sign on the traffic signs at the crossing. For help, call the number on the sign and give them the crossing number so they know your location and can alert train traffic. Remember, find the blue and white to save your life. For more information, visit OLI.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Despite a drop in corn prices on Friday, higher than normal feed prices are taking a toll on the live and feeder cattle markets. Live cattle for April closed Friday down 75 cents at 120.85. Live cattle for June down 47 cents at 119.17. Live cattle for August down 55 cents at 119.15. Feeder cattle for April closed out Friday down 42 cents at 139.62. Feeder cattle for May down 70 cents at 143.72. Feeder cattle for August down $1.05 to 154.55. Box beef prices were higher Friday. Choice up 32 cents to $276.94. Select box beef prices were up 70 cents to $269.13. Now let's check the livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble from Caldwell Livestock Commission Company after that grand sale that Carl Herman put on Wednesday. Carl, talk to us about the action. Uh, Larry, we had a good sale. We had over 700 head on a steady market on the cows and the calves with 131 uh, consigners and 43 buyers. We had over 150 cows and bulls yesterday. Slaughtered cows, uh, 30 to 70. Slaughter bulls, 66 to 96. Stocker cows, 575 to 975. And the pairs, 800 to 1175. On the calves, on the steers, two to three weight steers brought 162 to 187. Three to four weights, 160 to 190. Four to five weights, 150 to 180. Five to six weights, 137 to 153. Six to seven weight steers brought 128 to 143. And the seven to eight weights, 120 to 130. On the heifer side, two to three weights, 150 to 170. The three to four weight heifers brought 140 to 153. Four to five weights, 135 to 155. Five to six weight heifers, 128 to 143. The six to seven weights, brought 120 to 151 and the seven to eight weights a dollar to a dollar 34 so uh, overall really had a good day yesterday uh, the market's hanging in there good so uh, uh, we just uh, look forward to next week next week we've got uh, lots of pairs coming we've got uh, around 100 uh, pairs coming from three or four different folks we've got some Hereford bulls coming three or four Hereford bulls that'll be ready to turn out they'll be semen tested and trick tested ready to go and we've got some uh, Brayford heifers some will be bred some will be open so we look forward to next week tell everybody how to contact Okay, my number is 979-820-5349. 
Call the barn, 567-4119. Or if you're in the Giddings and surrounding area, call Max Sevener at 540-8676. Carl, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you, Ms. Larry. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My name's Larry Marble. Lean hogs for May down a dollar ten to one hundred two forty-seven. Lean hogs for June down three dollars at one hundred one seventy. Class three milk futures were higher Friday, with May posting the greatest gain. Class three milk for April up eight cents to seventeen sixty-four a hundredweight. Class three milk for May up forty-six cents to eighteen ninety-six a hundredweight. After a rally earlier in the week, cotton closed lower Friday. Cotton for May down one hundred and thirty-one points to eighty-three seventy-one. July cotton down one hundred and twenty-three points to eighty-five oh three. December cotton down fifty-five points to eighty-two fifty-three. Feeling some support from feed demand and concerns about cooler weather in some states pushed wheat prices higher Friday. Hard red wheat for May up one and a half to 609 and a quarter. Hard red wheat for July up one to 616 and a quarter. Hard red wheat for July up one to 616 and a quarter. The Brazilian corn crop and a slow start to the season here in the United States pushed corn prices lower Friday. Corn for May down four and a half to 585 and a half. Corn for September down one to 529 and a half. Corn for December even at 512 and a quarter. Soybean trade this week was carried by stronger product values across the board. Soybeans for May up 15 at 1433 and a quarter. Soybeans for July up 11 and a half to 1422 and a half. Natural gas for May up 2 cents to 268. Crude oil for May down 36 cents to 6310 a barrel. Crude oil for June down 34 cents Friday to 6317 a barrel. On Friday, the Dow Jones was up 160 63 points to 34,199. The S&P 500 was up 15 points to 4,185. The Nasdaq up 12 points to 14,050. That wraps up our look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Remember, we'll be right here next time to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, sitting in for Carrie Martin. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.